Hello, friends. This is Life Over Coffee. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. This is episode 277. This past week, uh, we had Thanksgiving uh, with our family and extended family, and I had a wonderful conversation with my nephew. He's, oh, I'd say he's 30 years of age, and they have a child, praise God. That child is almost two years old, and he was asking me, well, basically, how do you parent a child who is almost two years old? Praise God is you. Well, that's my first response. I said that to myself. I wouldn't say that out loud, so don't pass that along. But for those of us who have kids who are much older or out of the house, I mean, there is grace uh, for the two-year-old, for the parent of the two-year-old. But then when you don't have that two-year-old, you don't need that grace any longer, and you think back to it, and it's like, dear God, I'm <clears throat> so glad for the opportunity that you gave me, and I'm so glad that they have that opportunity now and not me. Anyway, I had a wonderful conversation with my nephew uh, asking, uh, really what he was asking is the obedience question and how to teach a child to respect and honor submit to authority and those type things. And I had been, th- I've been thinking about that for a while now. I have really been thinking about it in 2020 because this, this has been the year that has just been on fire and upside down. And there is so much disrespect that we see in our country and around the world. And it doesn't matter where you are right now. You see it, you know it, you experience it on a daily basis. There's just a a blatant disrespectfulness toward each other. In America, it starts with the highest office in the land, and it reaches into your neighborhood and maybe even into your family or your extended family in your local church. But there is so much disrespect, and I've been thinking about this again a lot this year. And so when I had the conversation with my nephew, it wasn't a new conversation as far as in my mind. And so I shared a few thoughts with him. And then, well, I continued to think about it. And I thought, you know, I need to do an episode on this. And this episode, I really want to target a specific time in a child's life when parents need to zero in on teaching their children traits like respect and and honor. Uh, those two things are, are crucial. Our culture has lost respect for each other, and they have lost respect for proper authorities. And the point that I want to make here is that these kids that we, we are seeing today, these young adults, that they didn't just become this way. I am 21, and I'm going to be disrespectful. Or I just went into college, I'm going to be disrespectful. I'm I'm 25, I'm bumping my 30s, and now I'm going to riot and, and be disrespectful. No, they didn't just become this way as adults, but they received early training from childhood because too many parents gave up their responsibility to train a child to honor and respect. Now, I don't want you to hear in this podcast, in this episode, that I am blaming any parent for a child's behavior. 
whatever behavior a child chooses, well, that's on them. We either walk in light or walk in darkness or we walk in 18% gray. Regardless, that's on the individual who is making those choices. But it's also true that we have shaping influences. We can have primary shaping influences like our parents. And so in my situation that I've talked about a lot uh, through the years uh, with the episodes that I have produced, my father, an alcoholic dad, abuser, et cetera, et cetera, we were reared in a dysfunctional family, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't have the right, I don't have the leeway to say that the choices that I make today are because of him. And so a child can't blame the parent for the choices they make, and the parent should not take on the responsibility as though it's their fault. However, it is also true that my father was a primary shaping influence. And as an adult, I had to I had to work through how to wrestle with those shaping influences and walk in a different way from how he shaped me and trained me. And so two things can be true at the same time. Parents are not responsible for a child's behavior, but a parent can be a primary shape well not can be a parent is a primary shaping influence on the child and so in this episode i want to talk about these disrespectful people that we see in our lives that they didn't just become this way but they have had training they had they have had shaping influences and i want to talk about parental responsibility parents who gave up their responsibility to train their children to honor and respect these children have lost their way because their parents have lost their way first. And you don't have to do this. There is a path to respect and honor and appreciation for authority. And so I want to share with you some of the things that I shared with my nephew and then some of the things that I have not shared with him because I have been noodling on on this since I had that conversation with him. But this episode will be vital for parents who have children in that window of the first couple of years of their lives. And if you have children that are two and three years of age, then this is a vital episode for you, and I trust it will benefit you. This is episode 277. The title of it is, People Who Do Not Respect Others Were Trained to Be This Way. One of the things that we have to understand is, and I've already said this, that parents have have lost their way, and I don't, I don't think a lot of parents are really aware of what has happened to them. It's like the frog in the kettle, the slow boil that happens over years and decades into eventually you become a, you have a different kind of worldview. You have a different kind of a perspective on, on life and on relationship, and it's something that just happens to you. I am not suggesting that parents have just parents are saying that they don't care, that they don't love their children. No, I think these parents do love their children, but they are unaware of what happened to them. They gave 
They gave authority and they gave hierarchy to their children. Let me explain what I mean by that statement because I do have multiple decades that I can look at and I can see this progressive change that has happened to multiple generations now. Back when I was a child, for example, schools used to have authority over children. They did. We used to get paddlings. And regardless of what you think about corporal punishment, teachers had authority. What teachers said went, and you respected that and honored that. And there were always those kids. There were always kids like me in every class, but by and large, children were compliant and they paid attention and they honored and respected authority. And there used to be, back in the day, where parents had authority as well. And children respected, by and large, and honored parental authority. I was telling my children just recently, this this may blow some of your minds, but especially if you know my background and how I was reared. But we always honored the Lord's Day when we were children. And we were just hardcore, straight-up, weed-smoking pagans. And so we honored the Lord's Day, meaning we would not mow our lawns on the Lord's Day. We wouldn't do any kind of work on the Lord's Day. It was the Lord's Day. It was a day to take a break. We respected that and honored that because, well, there was a day when schools had authority, teachers had authority, civil authorities had authorities, had authority, parents had authority. You honored the Lord's day. Oh, that's the way it was back in the 50s and the 60s and up into the 70s. But kids today, all of that has flipped upside down, and it's happened so gradually that this is what I mean, that parents have lost their way, but but not out of meanness or not because they're apathetic or not that they don't care for their children. Things have just gradually changed in such an imperceptible manner that they have adopted a new kind of lifestyle to where authority is not the primary thing anymore for children, that children have actually become the authority, Parents now let kids decide what is best for them to do. Many parents believe letting kids decide is the best thing to do. There are parents who no longer tell children what to do, but what they do is they ask children, would you like this or would you like that? Do do you want to eat your vegetables Would you like to go out and play? Would you make your bed? Rather than making statements, putting periods on the end of the sentences that we use, parents today put question marks on the end. The authority has flipped to where back in the day, the teacher would say, you need to do this, that, or the other, or the parent would say, you know, do your chores. Go down to the barn and milk the cow. Go out into the field and and work the field. Hoe the garden and and take care of of different things. Those are responsibilities, but those weren't questions that that parents asked back in that day. But now we've removed the period and we put a question mark on the end of our sentences so parents no longer tell, tell children what to do, but they ask them. 
We have abdicated our role as parents by giving the authority to the children. Some of you, we're more concerned about our child's self-esteem. This is what we believe today. We don't want to hurt our children. And that's why we give trophies to to everybody that plays. Everybody gets a participation trophy because they participated in the game. There are no winners or losers because that is damaging to a a person's self-esteem. Do you see what has has happened? Some of you remember some of you saw this just a couple of months ago in during the uh, presidential season when they were uh, making their speeches and and doing their town halls and so forth. Some of you remember Joe Biden told a mom that if their child believes that he's a she, the mom should affirm the child's belief and the government should provide a path for the child to transition from a he to a she. Or a she to he. I don't remember which one it was, but some of you saw saw that. There's a book out by Abigail, Abigail Schreier that talks about this trans transition problem from male to female or female to male, and how we have given that power and and so, and they're now they're legislating this that if an eight year old, for example, says that I believe that I am a male, it, it is becoming illegal. Uh, for a parent to intervene, we again, we have taken authority and we have flipped it on its head to where now teachers are no longer empowered. Civil authorities are not empowered. We're defunding the, the police. Parents are no longer empowered. And if your child wants to become the opposite sex, if you speak out against that, then you are the guilty one. You are the wrong one. And eventually... Uh, you're going to be the one that's punished because uh, you are taking the authority away from, in this case, an eight-year-old child. And so children today, so when they're disrespectful, this is my point, is that we have lost our way. And there's been this subtle shift over decades to where parents are no longer in charge, but kids are, and many parents believe this, that they are damaging their children by telling them what to do. There's a striking passage of Scripture that is radically different from this current view that our our culture has, and many Christian parents have adopted unwittingly. You're familiar with the passage, it's Deuteronomy 6, 4, 5, 6, and 7, verses 4, 5, 6, and 7, where Moses wrote, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Do you feel, do you hear the authority that Moses has given to the parents? But I want you to think about this word teach. We, You know this phrase very well, teach them diligently. You shall teach these things diligently to your children. The word teach there what it means is to incise, like incision, that you, it's like cutting into a stone. That is what 
That is what Moses is saying here. And of course, we know that uh, Scripture teaches that our hearts are, are like stone. And Moses, the word teach here means to incise or to cut into a stone. You must impress these things on them firmly, what is right and what is wrong. And that is what parents should do. Now, that is a radical view, which, by the way, was not radical, even when I was a child, even though the culture was dismantling as when I was a child. I came up in in the 60s, and and things really started the dismantling process in a more overt way than it had been prior to that. But even then, parents had the authority to incise, to cut into stone, to impress right and wrong on our children. But now parents don't do that. They don't want to hurt little Biffy. They don't want to hurt little Mabel. And so now the kids have the authority. Parents say they don't want to impose their values on them. Well, guess what? If you do not incise, if you do not cut into stone, if you do not impose your values on children, well, then who is going to teach your children? You will turn your children loose to the culture and to the internet. And that demographic, which promotes self, it will undermine what is right and wrong. And that has that has already happened. There's an article on our website that uh, it's titled, uh, Wise Parents Teach Their Children to Curse. It's a catchy title, but it's also spot on. Wise parents introduce the world to their children. And there comes a time when you need to sit down with your children and teach them what is right and wrong. If you And the point of the article is, if you don't do this... The world will do this. And therefore, when all of our children came of age, when they when we had the sex talk with them, which was a different age for each child, depending on their maturity, their capacity, their gender, their ability to process, it was a different age for each child. But the window was right when they were going into the middle school years. And in addition to teaching them the sex talk, uh, I also taught all three of our children, a theology of words, a theology of language. I taught them curse words, how to use them, what they are, why not use them, and etc. And we went through a list of, of curse words because I knew that when they hit a, a certain age and as their peer group began to change, and I'm not just talking about public school system, they went to charter school, but I was also talking about youth group. (laughs) I was talking about the local church as well. And so as they go into, I wasn't necessarily concerned so much about the school as I was about youth group in the church. And so as they were moving up to youth, getting out of uh, Sunday school type curriculum and atmosphere and moving up to youth where there would be other kids coming, some part of our church, some not part of our church, they would teach to them curse words. They would teach them things. And so we wanted to get out in front of that. But you have some parents that say, I don't, I don't want to impose my values on them. Do you hear what you are saying? It goes back to what I was saying earlier. They have lost their way. That they, and this, I, do want, I, I do want you to hear this. These parents do love their children. 
they do love their children, but they, they've been the frog in the kettle for so long. And many of these parents, I mean, my 30-year-old nephew, I mean, there's no way that he would have my uh, perspective because he wasn't reared in the 60s. He was born during this age when authority has been flipped on its head. And so now we have a group of parents that are training two-year-olds. And these parents are a generation in as far as this kind of worldview and this cultural adaptation to biblical principles and morphing it into to something that the Bible never intended. And, and so they honestly love their children. And I would say that my nephew loves his child but, and I'm not saying that he doesn't want to impose his values on, on the child, but there are many parents who are like this. And if you don't impose your values, if you don't cut into the stone, well, the culture will cut into the stone. The internet will cut into the stone. Instagram, TikTok will cut into the stone. And it is a self-promotion world that undermines what is right and wrong. Part of what's going on here, and you really need to examine your heart because every parent struggles this way to one degree or another, parents want their children to like them. We all want our children to like us. That is a struggle. Now, some struggle more than others, but that is a legitimate, genuine struggle. And what I'm talking about here is classic fear of man. Parents are insecure. And they, they desire their child's favor that is more vital to them than being Christ to them. And sometimes being Christ to a child is going to put you in opposition to your child. If your primary goal is to please your child, you will fail as a parent and you will set your child up for future failure. But if you provide biblical parameters for your child, they will respect you, and you may keep them from self-harm. I am not giving you a recipe that's going to keep your child from, from sinning or walking away from Christ. No, that's, that's, God's, that's between the child and the Lord. But I am saying as a primary shaping influence, we, we need to provide biblical parameters for our children, and many of those children will come back and they will say, thank you for giving me these parameters. Let me give you an example of how this can be such a giant fail for so many parents. Giving a child a, a mobile device because, quote, everybody has one. Either the parent says that or the child says that. The parent does not know how to even, the parent is not aware of how when they do this to a, a child that they are weaponizing their child with a tool that could destroy their soul. Here's a good way to think about whether your child is ready for a mobile device. If your child is mature enough to resist porn, to resist the temptation of Instagram likes, and if your child can live without a phone, they could possibly be ready to have one. If your child is mature enough to resist porn, to resist the temptation of Instagram likes or TikTok likes or whatever, and can, and can honestly live without a phone, well, then maybe your child is ready 
to have one. But there's not an 8-year-old child in the world or a 10-year-old or probably a 13- or 14-year-old that's mature enough to resist these temptations. And, and, but parents want their children to like them. And so they release biblical parameters and biblical common sense, like, for example, on the mobile device. Too many parents do not dare to do the right thing because they want their children to love them now. Here's the principle that Wayne Mack taught us in our master's program in biblical counseling. He was talking about in a counseling context, but it applies very well in a parental context. Wayne Mack said this, you can hate me now and love me later, or you can love me now and hate me later. And there are too many parents that will cave to, I want you to love me now. And so here's your mobile phone. Here's your mobile phone. Here's your here's your device. I'm going to weaponize. I'm going to weaponize the you. I'm, I'm going to give you the, this weapon, and it will it will destroy your soul. You can hate me now and let me later, or you can let me now and hate me later. Parents have a small window to teach their children respect and honor, and willingness to submit to authority. And honestly, that time is between a child's first and second year. The first two years of a child's life, you can train them after this time. I'm not saying that that window closes shut and you can't shape them at all. But the first couple of years of a child's life is the most crucial. It's the most formative It's when they're most pliable. It's your greatest opportunity. You see, by the time a child becomes two years old, they feel their omnipotence, or what some parents call terrible twos. I don't use the language. I don't like that phraseology, but we all have heard it. They aren't terrible twos. These are great. This is a great opportunity to take this child and to shape this child out of their omnipotence. It's the parent's job to let them know that they are not omnipotent, that every human does submit to higher authorities. We, we, we respect those positions. We, we teach them respect, respect and honor parents and teachers and civil leaders. And you start that in these first couple of years of a child's life. During these formative years, parents should discipline their children to create the concepts of respect and honor. To teach respect, you, you train them with just basic words like yes and no. Yes and no. You may do this and you may not do that. You can use other words that teach the same heart attitudes, but the child learns to listen and to honor what the parents say. And if the parent dis- if the child disrespects that or dishonors that, meaning disobeys that, then the parent, there is appropriate discipline to teach them yes and no, right and wrong. <clears throat> and that's what you're teaching. You're teaching your child what is right and wrong. And that's what the parent trains into, this moldable, shapeable child. And if the child learns morality early, it typically translates to other appropriate authorities where they learn to respect. I and mean, it's just a way of life. They learn to respect their neighbor. They, they learn to respect their teacher. They learn to respect their pastor. They learn to uh, respect the police. They learn to respect others if you teach this early. 
Now, if you want to talk about this, I would love to chat with you. You can come on our free community forum. If you happen to be a supporter of our ministry, thank you for underwriting these free resources that we give away. And I want you to go on our private forum. Do that, please. And we can discuss the specificity of your child. But this is episode 277. The title of it is People Who Do Not Respect Others Were Trained to be this way. We have a wonderful opportunity with our children in those first formative years. Again, you can bring shape later, but it is harder to bring that shape later after the cement starts settling. I want to ask you a few close-ended yes and no questions, and how you answer them will give you a quick assessment of where you are in your parenting. Number one, do you struggle with fear or worry when it comes to mandating biblical perspectives on your children? Do you struggle with fear or worry when it comes to mandating biblical perspectives on your children? Number two, are you afraid of what others may think of you because you take biblical positions on marriage and parenting and child rearing? These are yes or no questions. If you answer yes to these, then you do have a problem that you need to address. Question number three, do you give your child power over you because you don't want them to reject you? Number four, have you given in to your child only to realize later that you made a mistake because you were not firm enough? And then number five, if you struggle in any of these ways, I appeal to you to find help. You must grow in courage, in wisdom, and practice, or you will export chaos to your child. You won't be the cause of their future behavior, but you will be a primary shaping influence either for good or for not so good. If you'd like to talk about these things, please let us know. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee. Thank you.